God bless you. God bless you. Y'all look so good today. Amen. Y'all look so good today. Bow your heads all over this house. <clears throat> My soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. My soul loves Jesus. Bless his name. Let me preach not for vainglory or reputation, but to the end that someone might hear, believe, and be saved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
If you can't feel that, there's something wrong with your senses. There's a precious anointing in the room. There's a precious anointing in the room. And I just ask you if you just lift your hands a little bit. You don't gotta lift, you don't have to lift them high. Just just enter into that presence. Oh thank you, Lord. What you need is in the presence of the Lord. What you desire is in the presence of the Lord. Your healing is in his presence. Your joy is in his presence. Your peace is in his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So let it be done. So let it be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're physically able, would you stand on your feet for the reading of the word? 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm just going to read uh, verse 27 and verse 28. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill. She caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. This is the word of the Lord. Verse 28 says this, last one. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may have your seats. I want to continue a theme that I've worked on, and we will be on this all month. I won't uh, preach every sermon. This is a Women's History Month, and hopefully you've looked at the light this week. If not, you should open up your e-light. Amen. And uh, delightful to uh, celebrate our first lady in the e-light. This is, amen. Amen. This is her story month, and I want to make sure that I'm sensitive to that fact. And every illustration this month and every message will be related to this issue, this thought this month as we celebrate. Thinking on this text, again, this, uh, this series is called If It Wasn't For The Woman. This is number two. I was thinking the other day about what I saw with Maxine Waters some time ago. During the House Financial Services Committee meeting, some of y'all might remember that viral moment that came out of there that blazed across the internet. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin was testifying before the committee about the state of the international finance system when Waters, the committee's ranking Democrat, asked why his office had not responded to a letter from her. Attempting to run out the clock, he started giving her 
all kinds of platitudes and niceties. Listen to what he said. Here's his line of questioning. Is there some reason why I did not get a response uh, to the letter that I sent May 23rd? So, uh, Ranking Member Waters, first of all, let me thank you for your service to California. Being a resident of California, uh, I appreciate everything that thank you've you done very much, for the community I there. I don't want to take my time. I, I've, I also I have appreciated the opportunity to meet reclaiming with you my time. several times reclaiming my when time. we were doing our, our reclaiming my time. The time belongs to the gentlelady from California. Let me just say to you, uh, thank you for. Uh, your compliments about how great I am, but I don't want to waste my time on me. It didn't work. As you can see, Aunt Maxine cut him down, shut him out from his rambling, and she tried to redirect him to her question. She kept saying over and over again, reclaiming my time, a stone-faced invocation she kept offering, and the internet rejoiced. Here it was reclaiming my time. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting because what one has to realize is, as Washington Post columnist Christine Ember put it, in a year studded with absurd, absurd examples of men interrupting their female colleagues, a dignified woman's firm insistence on being heard and getting straight to business was a welcome and empowering surprise. After all, most of the recent news making male-female interactions have been notable for the male counterpart believing wrongly that his opinion should take precedent over anyone else's. Whether the woman in question was a prominent representative in the House of the Senate or Senate, a distinguished board member at a company, in any case, they kept trying to mansplain what women were doing or talking over them at the same time. And so when Aunt Maxine hollered out, I'm reclaiming my time, her words became an internet sensation because what she was doing was taking control over the moment and not allowing him to run out her clock. <laughs> Listen, if you will, this really got good online at one point because there was a gospel take on that reclaiming our time. Just listen to my man, Mikel sing. I want to talk about the things I've done, but I'm reclaiming my time, yeah. You want to speak on the battles I've won, yeah. but I'm reclaiming my time, Ooh, well. That's not why I brought you here to share it. I'm reclaiming my time. Yeah, don't read my resume, cause I was there. I'm reclaiming my yeah. time. I am my time every minute of, my time every second my time stop talking my time do you know the rules my time when it's my time my time I can take it back my time oh I'm reclaiming my time Michael Bad as <laughs> a bad boy now you probably think I brought all this up in jest and just to have a good time with you. But recognize something about the house rules. The house rules is like this. A person who is a representative on a, on a public hearing like that 
only has so many minutes to ask his or her question. When they ask that question, the other individual gets to respond. If that individual goes on long enough, they can run out the time of the congressperson that's asking the question. So in her case, if he had kept making platitudes towards her about what a great congressman she was, he would have never been forced to answer the question that she had asked him in a letter to him. Instead, she would have run out the time. But the House rules also have put in a caveat. Just in case someone does that, the congressperson has the right to reclaim their time that's being wasted by somebody else. So that I can't get back, but I can reclaim my time so that you have to add on to what's been lost. You can't take any more away, and you can't give me back what I lost, but you can add on to my time. Come on to church with me just a moment here. What you have in this text today is that the woman of Shunem makes her way over to see the prophet. <clears throat> As she gets there to see the prophet, she comes with a purpose in mind. She comes to see him and to ask him, why in the world would you have wasted my time? I told you don't deceive me. If this was not going to be a blessing, then it never should have been at all. But if it is a blessing, then I need to get back what's been stolen from me. The first lesson she teaches us is that sometimes you have to be able to reclaim your time. She reclaimed time. Now, I know you probably ain't seen it yet, but stay with me for a moment. She saddled the donkey, verse 24 said, and to the servant she said, hurry, don't slow down for my comfort unless I tell you to. That's the Living Bible version. You have to know this. When your life has been interrupted by confusion, chaos, or calamity, you need to reclaim your time. You need, uh, you need to get it back. You can't waste my time. You can't take away my time. I'm reclaiming my time. Well, let me do it this way. You've got to realize to reclaim one's time means that I want you to extend into the future what I just lost in the present. Oh, y'all don't even know when to shout yet. I want you to extend into the future what I just lost in the present. I just lost something in the present that I want you to extend into my future because I'm looking for you to bless me. Oh, y'all ain't got it yet. Listen, listen. I want to help you one more time. Get this one here. Listen, I can't take back what's happened, but I can ask for an extension on time not yet realized. I can't take back what just happened, 
but I can ask for an extension on time not yet realized. In other words, what you've gone through, you've already gone through it. You can't get a do-over on that. But what you can do is say, God, I'm claiming time in the future so that the blessings I lost can be restored to my life. I'm going to get mine back. I know I wasted some time. I know I lost some time on some foolishness, but I thank you right now for an extension on my time so I can get back everything that the devil tried to steal. I can get back everything the enemy tried to rip away from my life. I can get my health back, get my life back, get my joy back, get my peace back, get my victory back. I can get it back. Okay, I see y'all looking at me. You still ain't got this yet. So let me try and preach it a little more. In the Bible, the Bible says in the same 2 Kings chapter 20, in 2 Kings chapter 20, the, prof, the prophet Isaiah goes to Hezekiah and tells Hezekiah, said, Hezekiah, uh, you might as well set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. In other words, it's over. Stay with me a minute. The Bible then says that Hezekiah prays. And when he gets through praying, the Bible says that before the prophet could get out of the gate, before he could get away, the Lord spoke to him and said, go back in there and tell Hezekiah because of his prayer, I'm going to give him 15 more years. I wish you understood how to praise him up in here. Listen, before he prayed, it was over. But after his prayer, God said, I'm going to let you reclaim your time. Well, the Lord said, I will add, verse 6, I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend the city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Listen here, when God wants to bless you, you can reclaim your time. Okay, all right. You see our auntie vaccine fits in now? Listen, but that's not, that's not enough because Hezekiah is going to help you with the second point. Because he's going to teach you another lesson in case you hadn't got it before. I want you to get this one right now. This is, a, this is a message to somebody who's at the edge of quiet desperation thinking that it's time to give up, throw in the towel because of what you heard. I'm trying to tell you, come on back because it ain't over yet. Listen, listen. He not only, she not only taught us how to reclaim time, but she taught us how to recall time. She recalled time. Now, in other words, she went in and she reminded the prophet of their initial conversation. In verse 28, she said, I said, do not deceive me. Because see, if this is a blessing, this ain't a blessing if what you just gave me is gone this quickly. 
this is not a blessing to me. I, I just need to put you in remembrance of our previous time. I need to recall for you what we've been through. Y'all, you ain't got that yet. I can see it's going over somebody's head. Come on, come on. I need to take you to church one more time. Isaiah 43 verse 26 says, here's what the Lord says to the people of God. When the children were in the midst of Babylonian captivity, verse 26, the Lord said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Okay, that didn't help you none right there. Let me read it to you in the New International Version. This will might bless your, your bones. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Review the past for me. Let us argue together. State the case for your... It, it seems to me that God gave the believer room to put him in remembrance of who they are in standing before him. He gave the believer room to exercise prayer authority that they can remind God of where they stand and of what God's word has said so they can therefore decree and declare a thing and let it be so. Y'all ain't ready to shout just yet. Okay, so since you didn't see it there, let's go back to cutting Hezekiah. Listen to what Hezekiah does. The Bible says in verse 3, 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 3. I'm going to show you where it happens at. Verse 2, verse 2 backs me up. says, then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord saying, remember. Isaiah said, put me in remembrance. Hezekiah said, remember. Isaiah said, put me in remembrance. Then he said, argue your case. I got something to argue with you, God. Oh, Lord, I pray how I walk before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And then all Hezekiah did was wept bitterly. Y'all missed it, I know. Y'all, you don't even see it. All he did, he didn't tell him what he wanted. He didn't put a whole list together. He just said, Lord, remember me. Y'all thought our ancestors messed up when they used to sing, remember me? But they knew something, that God could remember you and bless you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Every now and then, you need to just say it before, remember me. Listen, listen, listen. He said, put me in remembrance. Oh, wait a minute, okay. Put, put you in remembrance of what? Put you in remembrance of who I am before you, Lord. Lord, this is your child. I don't know, can I? Um, I just want to bless somebody here. Uh, I know I've made some mistakes in my past, and some of y'all probably have too. And some of y'all, you've been saved so long, you might have forgotten some of those mistakes. But you're making a mistake by forgetting that one because you'll need another object lesson. Listen, and I can remember messing up with my mama or my daddy. And I would come to them and I would, just in the midst of when they were about to really light me up, I would remind them, this is your one and only son. 
this is your baby boy. You know I love you. I messed up. Where y'all think Benjamin got that charm from, that young boy? He, <laughs> listen. The, every now and then, you need to go back to God and say, Lord, it's me. It's me, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of I'm not blaming nobody else. It's me, God. I need a breakthrough. Let me just remind you of who I am. God, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. I'm not the best, but I'm doing my best. I made some mistakes, but God, I'm trying to make up for them. I've fallen, but I've gotten back up again. I, I've messed up and brought tears to your eyes, but God, I hope I've made you proud in some of the things I've done. God, there's been some ups and some downs and some highs and some lows, but I've never left you, and I knew never left me. So God in this situation right now, I plead the blood. I plead for a breakthrough. I plead for deliverance. I plead right now that you would restore. Okay. He puts him in remembrance and God he not only recalls but God asked God to restore time. I, 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 just, I just thought I would leave you with this last one. But God decided that not only am I going to allow you to reclaim time and recall time, but I'm willing to restore time. Now I know if you look closely at the text, what you see is Elijah runs with the Shunammite woman, they come back on a trek of almost 18 to 20 miles, somewhere in that neighborhood. They come back, they arrive at the house. When they get there, Gehazi has already been in there, and Gehazi has done the first prayer act by placing the man of God's staff on the child. And the first report to come back after the prayer act was, the situation is as it was, he's still dead. I need to bless somebody because I'm trying to do something for you right here. Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, on, on behalf of the man of God, commissioned by the man of God, told to go run and to place his staff on the child. It told in such a way as one would believe that the child would be immediately healed. He goes, does what the man of God says to do, places the staff upon the child, then he comes back and runs back into the field to meet him as Elisha is coming and tells him everything is the same as it was before I got here. I want to help somebody right now. Don't be fooled by the fact that your blessings don't come as quickly as you want them to. I wish I could tell you, do one, two, three, four, five, and it will perfectly match. When you get to six, everything's going to be fine. I can't tell you that, but what I can tell you is that the God you serve knows how to be on time and bless you in the midst of time, and he can restore the time. So don't you worry about when, just know that he will.
See, somebody in here, you, you, I'm trying to help you right now. You're trying to get discouraged because you've tried what you know how to try. You tried what you think you heard what you're supposed to do. You, you thought the man of God said do this. You thought the word said do that. And when you came back and you looked at your situation, it was still dead. But before you give up on God, just understand that some of that's just part of the process. But the process isn't over because it ain't over until God says it's over. Now, now, now I'm, I'm on restored time. Now, now, the Bible says that the prophet came in with her. And the Bible says that he went in the room. This time left mama outside, went in the room, and began to pray in private. Ah, this is important. You know, sometimes it's not good to see how the sausage is made. Huh? Well, let me help you out. See, you can't handle how God's going to actually do it, but you can be happy on the results. Because sometimes the way God fixes a thing, if you were really to think about it long enough, you might not be comfortable with how he fixes it. But what you have to realize is that sometimes things may get messy before they get better. You may be shut out before you allow back in. I'm trying to preach up in here. If you let me, I'm going to bless your bones in here today. Listen, you didn't make this trek in the snow for nothing. You came here on purpose right now. I know you feel like you're in the dark on the outside of the room. And what you need fixed is behind a closed door and a wall. And you're getting miserable because you can't see what God's doing. But you can't always see how God is fixing it up. But you've got to know that if he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. I'm going to my seat. I, I really am. I'm almost done. I, oh, I feel this thing. I want to bless somebody sitting in your seat. I want to bless the person sitting in your seat. Understand something, while she couldn't see what was going on, while she couldn't see what was happening, something was going on behind the door. Would you help me preach right here and tell somebody, neighbor, just because you can't see it, doesn't mean God's not doing it. She couldn't see what God was doing, but God was still doing. She couldn't see how God was blessing, but God was still blessing. Watch what he does. The man of God goes in the room here in Gehazi. He's in the room. He goes there. And the Bible says that he prays for him and nothing happens. And the word of God says that he got on top of him and laid on the boy. And the Bible says he was cold in the beginning 
And when he got back up, he was warming. Now watch this. This would have really messed you up. He just got over there. He's in the room. Now I'm watching, I'm let you watch me make sausage for a moment here. He's in the room. The boy's dead. No quick release. No jump back up. You outside. But if you could have watched it, this is what you'd have seen. He went down there. He laid over, prayed for him. And then he got back up and he started walking. Mm. 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 Now tell me something. If you see your doctor look like he confused, you're going to be nervous. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know if he had the Holy Ghost. He said, I don't know what said about shot. Now he's talking to God. Because here's, here's a secret. Up to this point, he had done a lot of miracles, but he never raised anybody from the dead. Mm. Mm. Now, God, I know there's a miracle here. I know you're going to work it out. I know you're going to do it. Up to this point, he had done many miracles, but never had he raised anybody from the dead. And if he was ever to be compared with the previous prophet, he needed to have a death-raising resurrection miracle on his resume. Y'all missed that. Y'all missed it. I know you didn't even see it. I said he needed to have a death-raising miracle of resurrection on his resume, which means it meant as much to him as it does to you. I can't let my prophetic word be seen as void. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Look at somebody say, neighbor, your next miracle means as much to God as it does to you. He's using you as a testimony. Oh, bless his name. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I am a testimony. Here the Bible says he went back to him, did it one more time. And this time something happened. When he stood up, the child sneezed seven times. Touch somebody, say, neighbor, I feel a sneeze coming on. Okay. Y'all didn't get that. I know you missed that. But can, can anybody tell me, have you ever decided you're going to sneeze? Most of your time you sneeze, it's an involuntary, mandatory response to something going on inside of you. Y'all missed it. Even that which is dead 
and cannot decide that it wants to be partner or participant in the miracle. What takes place is going to elicit an involuntary response. There's going to be a change. Okay, I, I gotta sit down, I gotta sit down. Would you do me one last favor? Just say neighbor. I'm getting ready to pick this thing up so I can go out and celebrate. My time has been restored. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Yeah!